For RCRTV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings, where we take a look at all things DAS, small cell, Wi-Fi, and much more. Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Register today for the Wireless Infrastructure Show, the premier national event for mobile network solutions, produced for the industry, by the industry. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Welcome back to HetNet Happenings. I'm joined today by the guys from System 7. Started a company down in Corpus Christi, have recently moved into the Austin market. We've got Keith Gard, the founder and CEO of the company, and Matt Myers, you're the uh, director of growth and operations, right? Correct. So, Keith, can you just uh, give us a little background on yourself and on the company? Tell us what you do and when you started. Uh, System 7 started in 2004 in Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. Uh, I... You know, I saw a need for uh, better internet services in the Corpus Christi area, and I uh, decided to uh, <laughs> drop out of college and quit the job and, and, and you know, uh, start the company. Um, and, uh, yeah, it brought us uh, 10 years later to Austin, uh, seeing the same need uh, for internet and phone services and managed services as well. Excellent. Matt, what's, uh, what's your role with the company? I am a director of growth and operations, so mm-hmm. my job is to uh, make sure we uh, sell and do business development, uh, and then also processes and in, in, in all the business operations. All right, very good. So uh, you guys provide a, a whole suite of communication services, uh, internet, phone, and uh, managed cloud services like firewalls, Wi-Fi, email, uh, web hosting, that sort of thing. Yeah. So let's start by talking about the, uh, the internet end of things. What kind of services do you guys provide? I think you you take it from end to end, right? You guys can do the cabling and design and all exactly, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's what differentiates from you know the the, the other providers, and you know we we do uh, network cabling, we do uh, all the services and phone systems, but uh, uh, you know we focus on you know broadband for small to medium sized businesses, uh, phone services and phone systems, of course, but just trying to be you know uh, different and actually caring about the customers and really listening to their needs and. Uh, fulfilling those needs uh, and providing uh, excellent support on top of that. So. Yeah, you know, we were talking before the uh, the cameras came on about uh, Google Fiber and AT and T mm-hmm. gigabit service and stuff like that. And yeah. It's it's really a hot topic right now. <laughs> you guys have been offering gigabit and Corpus for a couple years, right? Yeah, yeah, we launched it uh, a little over a year ago, and uh, uh, it's been you know fairly successful. It's funny a lot of people you know they get told through marketing that they they have to have this gigabit service and and uh i i got on a mission to uh you know i'll play along and but then show people that uh, you're really not even utilizing very much of it you know and um but we launched it anyways and and uh, it, it's had some success uh, but most people these you know to this day are, are happy with even the smallest of broadband packages it, it works just fine for them so, and you guys focus on small to medium enterprise customers, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so, I know one of the deployments you guys did down in Corpus was for the uh, the Frost Bank building there. Yep. Uh, give us a little idea of, of the field work perspective on that. What were some of the challenges to, to dropping all the equipment? And, uh, you know, what, from your perspective, are the hallmarks of a really high-quality broadband installation? Well... I think that in the Frostbank building down in Corpus, you know, we actually 
deployed in that building in 2005. Um, we didn't upgrade the building to our gigabit uh, platform until last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some of the challenges was, you know, uh, a lot of the providers, a lot of the challenges that they have is getting the fiber into the building. And that's where we're different, where we don't necessarily do fiber every time. We, we, we try to focus on wireless, knowing that wireless really is the future mm-hmm. of all communication services worldwide. And we brought in our gigabit wireless service. So we, uh, you know, from a field perspective, it was, you know, a lot of rooftop work and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, deploying uh, uh, the necessary infrastructure like the switches and, you know, all that good stuff. And, uh, and then just getting the cabling to the customers in the buildings. I mean, it's... That's really the challenge that we have with every building that we hit. So, Yeah, we were talking earlier, too. Uh, I, I've sort of noticed that it, it hasn't really become a line item on a budget when you're building these big <laughs> buildings. It seems yeah. like a, not a lot of builders or owners are taking <clears throat> into account the need to really you know, wire that thing for connectivity, and it yeah. becomes sort of an afterthought. Mm. I'm just kind of curious from a field perspective – and I know this is a huge gulf to cross, but what's the difference between installing concurrent with new construction opposed to retrofitting and having to go back and do everything? Well, we honestly, we kind of look over all that because we just install our own infrastructure. I mean, even if the building was wired already, for example, okay. we're still going to run our own, you know, our own cabling and whatnot. And I think... Um, you know, depending on the services, you know, most providers are going to do that. Because, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, a lot of the, the infrastructure in these buildings is really outdated, and mm-hmm. and it's it, and that's a challenge for providers that that can't install their own infrastructure or don't have the ability to, and that have to use the old equipment. That's where you'll see some limitations with some of the DSL providers and whatnot mm-hmm. because of that. But uh, uh, really it's been quite successful you know uh and uh using ethernet and fiber inside the buildings and just using the wireless to get to it so yeah and then this all results for the the enterprise and and the client in a dedicated private connection from a consumer perspective why do i want my own hardwired connection as opposed to sharing with other Uh, well i think that's um because you know, you want your bandwidth at all times of the day, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm uploading files, you know, obviously I don't want to uh, share with the, the dude on the Xbox 360 next door, <laughs> too, right? Um, and so, but that it also goes for Wi-Fi as well as just our, you know, internet service or whatnot. Um, a lot of people are sharing Wi-Fi connections, even in office buildings uh, or whatnot. And um, so, I mean, I, you know, privacy for one mm-hmm. and security, but uh, really I just don't, you know, I don't want to share my bandwidth. Okay, sure. And then I think that gives us a, a natural segue into another big part of y'all's business, which is these managed cloud services. Yep. Uh, can you walk me through the different uh, offerings that you have in that regard? And then maybe we can uh, talk specifically. Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, we really sum it up into just a few offerings, uh, uh, you know, managed Firewall or security is one of them, and uh, where, <coughs> excuse me, we'll we'll deploy the firewall appliances, uh, mm-hmm. manage them for the customer, um, monitor and maintain. Uh, uh, also, the managed Wi-Fi is a very large one for us. Uh, a lot of providers uh, have kind of stepped into this space, but they're not uh, they're not really pushing it, and and, and really the, the need is there. Uh, we've seen it with school systems, with small businesses, with medium businesses, large businesses. Uh, uh, retail, retail, especially. yeah. Um, so managed Wi-Fi is a big one, and being able to have a seamless Wi-Fi network across 
the U.S. for, let's say, a retail outlet, you know, mm-hmm. nationwide and managed by one company um, is, is huge. Um, and you accomplish that through the cloud, right, that we hear so much about. Yeah. And I, yeah. I feel like not many people fully <laughs> yeah, understand yeah. what that is, myself included, perhaps. So maybe you can give us sort of a, a real user-friendly explanation of what the cloud is and why it's so helpful. Sure, yeah. Uh, really, uh, the cloud is just a, a company that owns a, a, a private infrastructure that they provide services from. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, with the managed Wi-Fi, you know, we, we have uh, a set of servers that work together uh, to uh, where these these access points the, the the wireless access points that provide the wireless access to the, the to the clients uh, those all connect back to that those central servers in our cloud right that we own <laughs> and manage ourselves um, and just a central point to to uh, get the data um, and uh, provide the connectivity for the clients. Okay, and, and I, in a, a use perspective, that means that if I'm a client of yours, mm-hmm. uh, I can tap into the cloud from, from anywhere. I don't need to be at some yeah. dedicated terminal. I can pull up any information from anywhere in the network. Well, see, like mm-hmm. with with, wire, the, with the managed Wi-Fi, the reason why this shines so much is because there's a lot of companies over the years that have been doing it the same way. It, it's really it's a decentralized approach to Wi-Fi. To where if, if 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 I'm a business owner and I have six locations across the country, and uh, and the old method would be I'd have uh, you know wireless access points deployed uh, in my uh, offices, and every location would then be managed individually mm-hmm. through some kind of tool, um, and it becomes cumbersome um, and never efficient to do it that way. And so, our managed Wi-Fi solution. Uh, we utilize Aerohive, by the way. It's a fantastic product. Um, allows us to centrally manage and um, you know configure and troubleshoot uh, you know thousands and thousands of access points centrally. So, so and and I don't know a lot about the the industry in terms of of client relations like that. But mm-hmm. if you're dealing with a, a small or medium enterprise. How much management does their Wi-Fi need? How much hands-on time, or is yeah. it just widely vary from use case to use case? It's, it does vary, and and I mean, you know, like we said earlier, school systems, you know, they they uh, almost need daily uh, management. Uh, schools these days are de- they're getting the funding to deploy um, tablets to, mm-hmm. uh, or you know Chromebooks. You've seen that, right? And, They'll give them to every student, and all well, those devices wirelessly connect to the network. And mm-hmm. so, having the right infrastructure is important. And and even if you have an in-house IT uh, crew that can can help manage it, uh, uh, it's there's still the a lot of back end, uh, like the servers, the infrastructure, and everything goes into it to maintain all this. Um, but uh, you know, we it's a daily thing for some organizations. But you know, there's some people that you know you put up an access point and they're you don't hear from them for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. they're just basic access. But mm-hmm. it can get fairly complex depending on the devices and the needs of the client. Okay, so, so does the the Wi-Fi management does that include dealing with the uh, the different user authentications as they're coming on and off the network, or is that something yeah. handled elsewhere? It, yeah, I mean, you, you you get to where there's authentication, uh, different types of authentications mm-hmm. or uh, methods, uh, troubleshooting that sometimes because mm-hmm. the device isn't acting like it should or whatever. But 
Um, yeah. All right, and then with the managed firewall services, just uh, explain explain firewalls to us and and why you need them. <laughs> well, well, first of all, you need a you need a firewall to secure your 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 location, mm-hmm. uh, prevent uh, unauthorized attackers from getting in, and and to uh, route your private networks to your to the public network, um, but mostly there for security. Um, not only from external sources, but you know, like hackers and whatnot on the internet, but also from internal users that might be doing something they shouldn't be doing. Um, but you know, we, with our managed firewall services, uh, it, it has been quite amazing since we deployed that uh, early on, say around 2007 is when we got into that space. It's been amazing to see the um, the differences between you know uh, some of the lower end firewalls, mm-hmm. kind of you know, the, versus the the business class firewalls that we deploy. Uh, and when we deploy them and to see the, the types of traffic and the people it's keeping out and the things that it's doing is very amazing. And we recommend it to every single business out there to at least have a business class firewall. Do these firewalls, do they need to be constantly reconfigured to keep up with the pace of the people that are trying to get through them? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think it, it's kind of like with the access points, you know, the managed Wi-Fi. There's some people that, you know, yeah. we deploy it and it does its thing and we actively make sure it's doing its thing and, mm-hmm. and uh, keep it updated and monitor it. Um, but they don't really have any requests to have any configuration changes or whatever. But uh, there's some people we do it uh, weekly for. So wow, weekly. <laughs> as, there, well, as their needs change and as they their infrastructure change, their networks change, they need to allow uh, those services through or whatever. So. All right, and then uh, Matt, you're the you're the growth guy. Sure. So, uh, from the growth perspective, mm-hmm. what sort of uh, industry trends are you watching right now in the near term and in the long yeah. term? So, I, the biggest thing is bandwidth, right? Massive amounts of bandwidth. Uh, even just a few years ago, people were getting along with a T1, mm-hmm. you know, one and a half meg. Um, and nowadays, there's you know very few people that we talk to that can that can really. Um, afford to keep that low bandwidth. So you're seeing, especially with the Google Fibers and um, you know uh, the other players, in, especially here in Texas, where they're pushing really low cost bandwidth. Mm-hmm. So from a business perspective, the, the trends that you see on the planning side is that everybody's trying to figure out how to not just compete on price, but uh, you know having some kind of sticky product that goes along with it. Um, some kind of managed service, something that differentiates yourself, or like in our, uh, everybody's got access to the same technology. Mm-hmm. So you know, in our case, our tact is is that we you know we want to create amazing experiences for folks mm-hmm. um, because they can go get bandwidth anywhere. You know, uh, we do believe that ours stays up um, uh, more readily than other folks because it's in the air and it's easier to manage and uh, everything is is carrier class and business class all the way mm-hmm. throughout the network. But on top of that, uh, you know, we go out of our way just to make sure that it's a, a, an amazing experience for the customer every day. And, um, um, you know, I, I think that'll, that'll be what ultimately sets somebody apart uh, when all of a sudden... Uh, yeah. So when you take those gigabit connections and then uh, turn it into a Wi-Fi signal... Do you do you lose the throughput to a, a appreciable extent, or no, how, use, how do you do that from an engineering? Use, use the right equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. what is the exactly. right equipment? Just carrier class equipment. I mean, the okay. wireless. You know, over the years, uh, well, in the beginning when we started, when I started the company and deployed wireless right away, people would hear wireless because uh, it had such a bad name. You know, uh, back in '04 and you know through you know about 2010, and then mm-hmm. really what what helped us out, even though. Our product worked, and, and we convinced people. And when we installed them, we, you know, we give them, you know, try it for 30 days and see what you think at your business. And they would get on it and just be like, "Wow, this is great." Um, 
and they actually liked us, and you know, that helped. But uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, around 2010 or so, you know, um, the cell phone networks started to get uh, the 4G and the LTE and, and getting upgraded, and, and uh, people gauged the perception of wireless from them using their cell phone or just anything wireless. Mm-hmm. But and most of all, the wireless router at home that you had to reboot every day because it locked mm-hmm. up. Uh, they kind of you know, connected us to that, but uh, it's gotten a lot better where people, wireless has matured and it's getting faster. And, mm-hmm. and I think people are realizing as well that it is the future. And, uh, uh, you know, so getting the throughput out of this more mature wireless these days, we can push gigabit speeds mm-hmm. and multi-gigabit speeds. And, and it's really no different than physical connectivity as far yeah. as distance really will, you know, um, lower your throughput just like on copper or fiber. Or sure. Yeah, I mean, we're restricted by the same uh, physics and everything mm-hmm. that the, the other mediums are. But Dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, For if now. It, right, exactly. If that changes, Give us a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's uh, the throughput's there, the latency, I mean, you know, the, you know, the response time on the network, uh, you know, with wireless uh, is uh, a lot of ways very uh, comparable to fiber. Mm-hmm. You know, people... You know, fiber is a big word, and people know it. And, and if we've got fiber in the building, they rejoice. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, it took you know eight years to get that fiber there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and here's the deal. I mean, I'll, I'll I can bring my my services in. You know, within thirty days. You know, anywhere in Austin, and and deliver the same speeds and the same reliability, but backed by awesome experiences. Mm-hmm. Guys, I think that is a, a very natural place to pause. Uh, I do want to. I've took a look at Shell's website. It's excellent, very well designed, very user friendly. Can you put a plug in there real quick? Uh, shout out to One Ago Yo. They did. They did our website, mm-hmm. man. It was fantastic. And yeah, what's the address? Uh, System7.net, and then mm-hmm. seven is spelled out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Keith, Matt, I really want to thank you guys for coming yeah. into the studio to hang out with us today for yeah. HetNet Happenings, and I really want to thank the folks at home for watching RCR TV.